let that word sink into your spirit today that he is who you need him to be if you're unfamiliar with what just took place the Bible talks about that there's a tongue that goes forth and an interpretation of that tongue it is a biblical thing and when that demonstration happens what we believe by faith is that we hear a word from the Lord and so it's appropriate that you take that word you just heard and that you allow it to sink into your life because it is God given and it is for this body today God is so faithful. Let him minister to you this morning before you leave. Don't leave without allowing God to come in your life and minister to whatever that need is deep down inside. In other words, don't leave the same way you came in. Because God is faithful and willing to work in you and work through you. Amen. You can be seated today. I am so blessed to be able to pastor such a wonderful church, to preach week after week to the best church on the planet, I believe, to wonderful saints of God, to people that are fighting the good fight of faith. I'm so thankful. If you check the email, it should be there. <laughs> They're not there. Okay. I'm sorry. Speaking with the media team. Um, it's probably too late at this point. They say they don't have my slides today. And I've got quite a slide presentation prepared. That's okay. That's okay. But I am privilege to, um, to be here today, and I'm thankful that you are part of this church, and thankful that we get to do this together because it's fun. It's fun being a part of the church, and this week, uh, this is kind of our last Sunday before we head completely into the holiday season. We've already talked about it a little bit today, but of course, Thursday is Thanksgiving, and then we head into December, which is where we celebrate uh, Jesus coming and being amongst us and beholding His glory, glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so our attention moves that way. But today on this last Sunday, before we kind of dive into that, I've got a word from the Lord, um, I believe, a practical word. Who's okay with practical teaching and preaching? In fact, next year we may be getting a little bit more of that. But hang with me today because it's going to be a very practical word for you. And I want you to take home and apply it to your life. This week as we sit across the dinner table from relatives and friends alike. And... Before we dive into the Christmas shopping season, I believe this word is important. Also, I can't go much further real quick. I, I got to pause and celebrate with Jacob and Ashley again. 
Um, he just kind of entered my peripheral. I'm so excited for them. Sorry, there was a squirrel over there. I had to go after it. Um, so take this word. Uh, one of the greatest needs in our society, one of the greatest needs in the church is wisdom. Someone say wisdom. Now, I'm not talking about horizontal wisdom today, not wisdom you receive in the media or in social media or in pop culture, but I'm talking about that vertical wisdom, that wisdom that comes from above, comes down towards us to receive. And we need wisdom from God because that wisdom is pure and that wisdom brings peace. It brings peace to the mind and to the spirit and it brings life. And that wisdom, that is the insight that God gave Solomon, which he partially recorded in the book of Proverbs, where we're going to spend most of our time today. The book of Proverbs is primarily intended to provide education for the life, for us to build on. William Arnott, in the late in the 19 or in the 1800 I'm sorry he was a Scottish minister and theological writer and he described the book of proverbs as this the laws from heaven for life on earth and i want to speak about one of those laws today it's one of the greatest themes in the book of proverbs it's difficult to apply but if you can embrace this subject it will radically change your life and today i want to speak on words someone say words Insert presentation here. Just. <laughs> Can you put it in Times New Roman or something? Uh, words. Thank you. Can we just give it up for our media team? They have to deal with me. Every week they've got to deal with me throwing them a bunch of slides last minute. And... Um, I sincerely, I appreciate our media team because they make a difference. Our sound team, our live stream, all those that are behind the scenes. Yeah, that's, that's appropriate. They make a difference. Proverbs 18, 18, I'm sorry, Proverbs 18 and 19 says, A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Verse 20 says, A man's belly or his inner man shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall be filled. Verse 21 says these words that are so true and are ringing out on this Sunday morning, that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life. They are in the power of this thing right here. Go ahead and stick your tongue out at your neighbor. You'd get in trouble doing this by your parent, but I give you authority to do it right now. That's right. Maybe find somebody across the room you've wanted to stick your tongue out to a long time ago. This is your opportunity. Uh, yeah, Death and life, the Bible says, it's found right there in the tongue. In the book, I Declare War uh, by Levi Lesko. It's a... a a book I read a couple years ago, um, a great book. He <coughs> discusses this, um, four keys to winning the battle with yourself. 
four keys to winning the battle with yourself. In other words, winning the battle over the version of you that needs to be born again and again and again. And the author's second key is this, that I must declare war on what I say because death and life are in the power of the tongue and what you and I say matters. Someone once described the tongue like this. It's like a tiny nuclear reactor capable of being both an energy plant that lights up a town and a bomb that can destroy a city. That's what your tongue is. That's what your words can do. Bricks can be used to build hospitals or can be thrown through windows. Water can quench a thirst or water can flood a city. And words are exactly the same. Words can heal or words can shatter. Our words are either moving in the direction of life or in the direction of death. If our words are giving life, they'll be words of encouragement, words of hope, words of love, words of peace, words of unity, words of instruction, words of wisdom, words of conviction, and words of forgiveness. But on the other, other end of that, our words, they can move towards death as well. And those words are words of anger, words of malice and of slander. Words that root in jealousy, words of gossip, of division, contempt, racism, violence, judgment, condemnation. These are words that move towards death. And it really matters what you and I say because there is death and life in the power of that tongue. Proverbs 25 and 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. Colossians 4 and 6 says, To let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. It's with our words that we share the gospel. It's with our words that we build up others. It's with our words that we pray for the sick and that we encourage one another. It's with words that we comfort one another, and it's with words that we reassure one another. It's a word that can change a life. It's a word that can change a story. It is with words that stories have been written and with words that stories will continue to be written. It is with words that we savor our history. It is with words that we share of the good things and the bad things that we have come through. Words are powerful. Words frame things. The tongue, when working properly, is both a spring that refreshes and a fruit tree that nourishes. Paul instructed the Ephesians to choose their words carefully. He said in Ephesians 4.29, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, someone say edifying, edifying. <coughs> that it may minister grace unto the hearers. In other words, we got to consider what we say. We have to consider the words that come out of our mouth. Yeah, I'm talking about on Thanksgiving Day, 
sitting across from that uncle of yours or sitting across that nephew of yours or that niece of yours or that son or daughter of yours. You got to consider what comes out of your mouth because there is death and there is life in the power of that tongue. You can either build up or you can tear down. You can either mend a relationship or you can shatter a relationship. What you say has power. Death and life are in it. Words reveal who we are. <clears throat> they reveal who we are. Proverbs 18 and 4, it says this. <clears throat> the words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. In other words, a person's words reveal what is deep in his heart. What comes out of your mouth, it's showing what is deep down inside. The heart represents the inner life of a person, doesn't it? It represents our thoughts, our feelings, the will and desires that we have. And our words reveal what's happening down there, what's happening inside of us, what's happening deep down in the midst of our life. Solomon said in Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So first and foremost, we've got to keep our heart. We've got to guard our heart. We have to guard our inner man because out of it, flows the issues of life. And, and if I'm not guarding my heart first, there's going to be a lot of junk that comes out of my mouth. If I don't guard what comes in, there's going to be a lot of stuff that I don't like. <clears throat> there's going to be stuff that you don't like that comes out of my mouth. You are what you eat and you say who you are. You speak what is on the inside of you. David wrote in Psalm 19, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It matters what goes in and it also matters what goes out. It matters what happens in the middle, what your meditations are and, and what you put before your mind and before your heart. It matters what is in there. Words shape your future as well. Words determine your destiny. Think of the prophetic, prophet, uh, prophetic words when Isaac spoke over Jacob and Esau. What happened? They came to pass. Think about those words that Jacob spoke over the, his 12 sons. They came to pass. His words shaped their identities and his words shaped their destinies. It was the spoken word that took the chaos and created a cosmos. And words, they really do create worlds, don't they? It was Jesus who said, let there be, and it, it became. It was God who spoke it. And you and I, we have power in our spoken word. There is power when you speak. The world you want to create, it's wise that you begin to speak it out now. If you want a better home, use your words. If you want a better life, 
Begin changing your speech and use your words. If you want a better marriage, begin using your words to edify and to build up. If you want to change the atmosphere of your world, it's not up to the person next to you. It's not up to the person that was in front of you or the person that's behind you. It's up to you to begin using your words to create a world that you want to see. Use your words. Speak life and not death. Speak that which can be and shall be and not just what currently is. Speak words of faith. Speak words of love. I want to be a person and I want to be known as a person. Do you ever think about what you want to be known for? I, I do sometimes. I want to be a person that's known for speaking life. Because my kids are going to live in the world that I speak. My grandkids, hopefully in a long, a long time from now, they're going to live in the world that I create through my words. There is power in how you speak. There is power in the way that you frame the world, the way that you speak it out. The words you speak are powerful. What we say what we don't say. You know what it does? It dif differentiates us. What we say and what we don't say, it frees us or it enslaves us. What we say or what we don't say reveals us to be either wise or a word that, that we have to caution ourselves to use by the scripture, but it reveals to us to be foolish as well. Words have power, and what you say matters. Proverbs 18 and said, 7 says, A foolish mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. Proverbs 10 and 20 says, The tongue of the just is as a choice silver. And words, they can heal. Words, they can help. Also, words can hurt. What you say has consequence. And the perfect word, in the perfect time, to the right person can change someone's life. And I believe that a word from God is what we need. I believe we need to seek a word from God. You need to seek a word before you leave this place. But I also believe that it's God's will for us to speak the words of God to others around us. That it's God's will for us to speak the scripture. It's God's will for us to speak words of life and words of love and words of encouragement to others around us. And I believe that, when, that God will speak to you to speak to someone else. I believe God will give you the perfect word for someone and the perfect moment. God does speak, and God uses words. And God uses words to speak to you, maybe to speak to me. God will use me to speak to you. Allow the word of God that comes to you to flow through you and to use your words to change someone's life, the word of God. I've got three speaking points that if I had a media presentation, they would flash up and you'd be able to remember them really good. 
Well, look at... See, I spoke it that we have such a great media team and they took that which was not and made it as if it is. I don't know how you did it. Let's give it up for charity one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I've got three speaking points. Number one, speak up. Someone say speak up. Proverbs eighteen thirty one and 8 says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and the helpless and see that they get justice. It's a test of character whether you can speak up for those who cannot speak up for themselves. You gotta speak up. Ecclesiastes 3, 7 says, there is a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Yes, there's a time to hold your peace. I'm gonna get there. But there are times when you have to speak up. The difference maker is when you stand up for someone who cannot stand up for themselves. It's when you speak up for those that cannot speak up for themselves. Someone who is marginalized and disenfranchised. We need to speak up in times and in moments. We've got to allow God to use us to speak up sometimes. God has blessed us with so much. We've got to speak up for our convictions sometimes, folks. We gotta speak up for what God has laid on our hearts to speak. We gotta speak up when others are too afraid to speak for themselves. You and I, we are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. God has given us something inside of us, the Holy Ghost, in moments to be a witness and to speak up, to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are times that we got to take the muzzle off of our mouth and speak up, speak the word, speak the truth. Sometimes we got to speak up. Then there's also a time that we got to use our words to build up. Someone say build up. Use our words to edify one another. Edifying speech, it's a tree of life, Proverbs 15, 4 says. It's deep waters, a wellspring, and a flowing brook, Proverbs 18 and 4. Edifying speech is a fountain of life, Proverbs 10 and 11. Proverbs 25 and 11 says it's apples of gold fitly framed in silver. Proverbs 16 and 24 describes it as a honeycomb and a healing bomb. That's what edifying speech is. And I want my words to edify and to build others up. I want my words to make a difference in someone's life. I want my words to see someone who is in need of encouragement and to build them up. In fact, I need three people to come up here as fast as you can. Any three people, fast as you can. Brother Jacob, Brother Zelke, I need one more. Somebody as fast as you can. Brother Jared, come on up here. You can stand right there. Either way, you can stay here. That's fine. Let's just, just line up right here. <coughs> and I'm looking at these three wonderful men. Brother Jared ministered to us in our Sunday school lesson if you were here today. Um, does anybody think these guys, I, I, I've been looking at them, 
I've been studying them. I'm wondering if they need encouragement today. I'm just... Yeah, he does. <laughs> I, I hear it. I know he does. Just, just breathe for me real quick. Could you hear that? I don't know. But I, I can testify he was breathing. You know, I don't have to look too hard to know that these three people need encouragement. All I need to know is that they're breathing. Were you breathing? He's breathing. Brother Zelke, are you breathing? You're breathing. Jared, are you breathing? He's breathing. Thank the Lord. They're breathing today. That's all I need. You're good. Thank you, guys. You don't have to look too closely at someone to realize that they need encouragement. In fact, the international sign that someone needs encouragement is that there is oxygen coming out of their, uh, that is going in, and that there is breath that is coming out. The international sign of someone that needs encouragement, that needs to be built up and to be edified, is the fact that they are breathing. They are breathing. Edifying speech is powerful. Edifying speech is what the church is to be about, to build others up. We don't need to be just sitting back and looking at people and looking at, well, that person's not perfect. That per- they're doing good, but uh, God forbid. And if that's you, I pray you get changed or I pray you leave the church because this is a church that is about edifying each other. A church is about building others up. A church that sees somebody at the start of their journey and encourages them to take the next step in their journey. A church that understands that none of us have it all together, that we are all in the process of being changed, that we are in the process of taking our next step, that God works incrementally just as much as he works instantly, and that there are people that need you to speak a word of life to them. That's a part of our identity at West Monroe Apostolic Church, that we're a people of life, people that speak life, people that make others feel like they are welcome, people who make others feel like, even though they don't have it all together, they belong here. A people that are not afraid to see somebody at the start of their journey and celebrate the progress they are making in their life. We are people of edifying speech and of life-giving tongue. We are people that speak life and not death. We are to use our words to build up, whether in person, whether you're online and you're on there's enough negative Nancys and, 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 and enough venting Vinnies on Facebook. We don't need any others. We need the church to be the church who's willing to speak life even in a dark space. And we need to be the church that's willing to speak words of life in a discouraging world. We are to speak words of life. We have to embrace the fine art of affirmation. We have to learn to see the good in people. To affirm someone in their progress. To affirm someone who smoked 10 cigarettes two days ago and has only smoked nine cigarettes today. 
and by faith will smoke only eight cigarettes tomorrow. We have to affirm people in their journey and lead them closer step by step to Jesus Christ. We have to be the people who are not afraid to to live outside the norm and see somebody and speak out and build up and speak words of life to them. Sometimes we, as apostolics, I'm going to be real, we have a kindness problem. We have trouble being kind to strangers. We have, kind, we have trouble sometimes being kind to the other apostolics we see in the store. We got to be kind one to another and build others up, encourage others in the journey. We got to speak words of life to people. I don't care who they're what their backstory or their background is. I don't care if they go to this church or they go to that church. I don't care where they come from. I care that, that I am a child of God, salt and light in the world, and God has given me a responsibility not to tear down, but to build up. We are to speak words of life. And the right word at the right time to the right person can change someone's life. The right encouragement to the right person, right when they need it, even when you can't tell they need it, has the ability and capability to change them and to change their story. The person that is trying their best to make it, but life is just too hard and it's too tough, that, that one person that comes up and says, hey, I'm just proud of the progress you're making. I'm, I'm thankful that you've, you've been a, at this church for this long or that long. I'm, I'm proud that you've been serving God. I'm proud that you're now on the greet team. I'm proud that you're now a next-gen partner and you're helping out. I, I'm proud of the fact that I know you, that we get to do this thing together, that we're a part of this church together. I'm thankful for that. You don't know the power that is in those words. Young person, you don't know the power that is in the word when you go to an elder and say, thank you for sticking with it. Thank you for being here every Sunday. Thank you for sticking with it when times were hard and difficult. Thank you for paving the way. You don't know what that will do for that elder in our church. Elder, you don't know what it does for a young person when you say, thank you for being the life that is in this building. You make the difference. You are a difference maker. You are a di- it does, You don't know what it does when you tell Sister Griffith, who has sung on this platform year after year, what it does for her when you say, wow, that was so powerful today, the way you led us in, in worship. I'm speaking for her, but I can just go by faith and say that that's true. You don't know what it means to someone like Brandon when you say, Brandon, I'm thankful that every week you play those drums or every other week and every other every 3 weeks we're we're just we're just wanting more drummers and more drummers to be added to the to the drum booth. But you don't know I've been there. It means a lot when someone says thank you for putting in the practice. You make a difference. You don't know what it means to charity back there who saved me today on this media. Says, you know, charity at you're back there in the booth. Not, not everyone even knows you're up there. But 
but I appreciate you. All of our response team that are working across this building that you don't even see or may not even know about, or they're out there today, out, out, they're, they're not getting to be in here, and, and they're not able to, to be a part of this service close because they're out there protecting us. You don't know what it means when you go up to them and say, hey, I notice you. Thank you for serving. I hope that this is a church that is known not for tearing people down, but known as a church that people that have been torn down can step into and they can be built up again. Because life does a good enough job about tearing you down and you're... The, the things that you experience in this world do a good enough job tearing you down. I, I just wish and I believe that this to be, I believe this to be true, I really do, that we are and we will be and continue to be a church that builds others, that edifies others, speaks words of life, lifts someone up when they're down, speaks a word of truth at the right time to the right person. Does anyone else want to be a part of that church? We are that church. So we have to be people that speak up, that build up. And the last one is hold up. I'm not talking about going down to the bank and holding them up today. But that was was written in Proverbs 11 and 12. He that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. Holdeth his peace. I would use another word that rhymes with build up, but my son would tell me not to use that word, and it starts with an S. Sometimes we just got to close this thing right here. Maurice Schweitzer, Mark Twain, Abraham Lincoln, and others. There's multiple people attributed to this quote, but I'm going to use Abraham Lincoln if there's a slide. Because I think he was a great president. He said this, It's better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubts. Refraining from speech sometimes is one of the greatest lessons you'll learn in your life. And we should never miss the opportunity to keep our mouth shut when we need to keep it shut. I've got five reasons to hold, to hold up. Number one, we are snared with the words of our mouth. Proverbs 6 and 2. Proverbs 17 and 14 says, It avoids a damn break of emotion and confusion when we hold up. Holding your peace reveals a depth of character, according to Proverbs 20 and 3. Proverbs 11 and 12 says, silence shows you have understanding. Proverbs 12 and 16 and also 19 and 11, they tell you this, that it reveals patience and prudence when you hold your peace. Some things are essential to say and some things are not And you don't have to state your opinion on every subject. 
And you don't have to state your opinion on every person. You don't have to be the person that joins in the angry mob casting stones at people. We're better than that. Can I get an amen that's a little louder than that? We're better than that. You don't have to let the world know all your frustrations either. Relationship expert Gary Chapman wrote this, that almost all research now indicates that the venting of angry feelings, of anger feelings with such aggressive behaviors does not drain a person's anger, but actually makes the person more likely to be explosive in the future. When you want to get that angry feeling off your chest, you're not getting it off your chest. You're just stirring that anger up once again so it can compound again and again and again and again. Don't forget the power of life is in the tongue, but the power of death is also in that tongue. You have the opportunity to build someone up or you have the opportunity and the ability to tear someone down. And when you speak a word that you shouldn't speak, I told you it's real practical. Is that okay today? Are we okay with this today? When you speak a word of gossip, you are acting as Judge and jury, as, long, as well as the prosecutor in that case. And the defendant does not have a chance to speak. You better watch your tongue. Because if you speak about someone else, you better believe someone else is going to speak about you. And here's another thing. If someone is speaking about you, that doesn't give you room to speak about them either. Sometimes you just got to hold up you got to hold your peace. Sometimes we just got to put a muzzle on this mouth, and if a word's about to come out that's going to spew hatred and spew spew jealousy and spew gossip, we just got to hold up sometimes. we got to put a muzzle over that mouth and remember who we are and remember whose we are. My Father, my God doesn't speak words like that. My God, He is a God of life, a God of hope, hope, a God of love. I was taught better than that. My word teaches me better than that. I got to speak words of life. Proverbs 20 and 19 says, he that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets. Therefore meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. There was someone who I, and I'm just going to be honest, it was a a minister, and I'm not going to say who it was, but I really wanted to be close with that person, gain wisdom from that person. But every time I'm around him, I hear him talking about people. And so you know what I've done? I've had to separate myself from that person because I have made a decision. I am not going to be about that. I am not going to subject myself to the presence of gossip when I know that I don't have to. And you may just have to to move yourself and remove yourself from a relationship that's not good for you sometimes. 
It may be someone close to you or someone you respect, but if every time you're around them, all you hear is gossip and, and backbiting and you hear anger and, and them talking about others, talking about your brother and sister in Christ, talking about their family. Sometimes you just got to remove yourself from the equation, okay? And not join in. There's pressure. There's pressure to join in, isn't there? There is pressure to join in the crowd. There is peer pressure that is very real in those moments. And every one of us know what I'm talking about because we've all been there. And if you, remember, if you don't remember anything else, remember this right now. Don't, don't, don't give in to that pressure. You don't have to open your mouth in the moment. Sometimes you just got to hold up. And hold your peace. And not speak that word. Make a decision that if a word is coming out of my mouth, it is to edify. It is to build up. I am a person that is going to speak life. That's, that's heavy, that's deep. But it's true. I'll lighten it up. Did you hear about the four ministers that went fishing? Anybody? Well, they went fishing and they had a great day. And at the end, they were sitting around the campfire and they were chatting. And they decided confession was good for the soul. And what better place and what better company to bear one's soul than in that setting? The priest said, I'll go first. He went first. He said, My greatest sin is lust. The rabbi went next and he said, my sin is greed. The imam stepped up and said, my sin is gluttony. The pastor said, my sin is gossiping and I just can't wait until I get back home. <laughs> it's a problem sometimes. But I believe, like anything else, that you can give it to God. You can bring it to an altar, and you can leave it there. And what you give to God, he will take from you. When you get back into your Monday, it may be hard. It may be tough. But God is with you every step of the way. When you're tempted on Thursday, sitting across the table to say, you know what I heard about this person? You know what I heard about that person? Remember this word today. Yes, sometimes you got to speak up. You got to speak up for those that cannot speak for themselves. You've got to stand in the gap for someone. It's, there's a time to speak up. And there's a time to hold your peace, yes. But there is a time to speak up. It's okay to speak up. And yes, you got to build others up. At all times. we got to build people up. we got to believe in people. we got to put our faith in someone who is on their journey. 
Speak words of faith. Speak something that is not as if it is into someone's life. And sometimes we got to hold up. Someone take your take your hand and just do this right here. You know what will ruin the witness of a church faster than anything else? It's this right here. Because your words have power. Your words have life. And also your words never die. I believe that old prayers never die. I believe the prayers of those that came before us, they're still going up to God on this Sunday morning. Brother Gregory testified today about his heritage and fifth generation heritage, getting in now and beginning to go to sixth generation. and That's some amazing testimony. Those prayers, five, six generations ago are still going up to heaven today. The prayers and words spoken when this church was on its last leg are still going up to God right now. It was a word from Sister Perriman that said, I had a vision. I had a dream when the church was down to just a couple families in our history. Some of you don't know that. Our church had its last Sunday. They were coming for the last time. But God gave a vision and spoke a word to someone who heard and saw and then spoke and said to those around her, God gave me a word. God gave me a vision. That word that was given is that someday the church was going to be so full that I'm going to have to give up my seats. She spoke that word as a word of faith. Because in the moment, that word did not make sense. But she spoke a word of faith. It's time at West Monroe Apostolic Church that we start speaking those words of faith again that we begin speaking words of life again. You know what happened? That lady that spoke that word, you know that there was a Sunday when she was sitting down and the church was so full that someone, someone was standing there and she said, you know what, brother and sister, you can have my seat. You can sit right here because God is faithful. And when God gives a word, it shall come to pass. God's word does not lie. 
His word does not fail. And he is speaking words to you today. He is speaking words of life to you today. And it's up to us to say, that's not just going to be a word that occupies this space, but it's going to be a word that flows out of my mouth. And I wish someone today would stand up, that somebody would stand in this place and begin speaking those words of faith in this house. Speak those words of thanksgiving to God, saying, God, thank you for your word that you have given me. Thank you for the promises that you have given me. Thank you for all that you have done, for you have done great things. God is speaking, I believe, even today. If God is speaking to you, allow that word to make his residence in your life. But don't, uh, don't just stop it there. Share the word with someone else. Speak up and speak out and speak words of life. Speak words of hope. Speak words of joy. Speak edifying words. Speak words to your spouse and words to your brother and sister in Christ because words make the difference. Words are powerful. Hallelujah. God is so good. One more point and then I'll invite you to this altar. We know the story of Jesus on the cross. And there were two men that surrounded him hanging on a cross for crimes they committed. Both had an opportunity to speak, and they did. One spoke as a foolish man, but there was another one there. He may have been foolish in his life, but in the moment he was very wise. Because he had an audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords hanging on a cross right next to him. And he seized the moment when he spoke those words to him. He said, you know what? He told that other guy, we deserve what's happening to us. But not this man. He said, I'm a sinner. He admitted it and he told him, he asked him, Jesus, would you, would you just by chance, would you remember me? Would you remember me? And he spoke that word and Jesus heard that word and he told that man, today, you will be with me in paradise. And I stopped this because I just don't want to go through a service without giving someone an opportunity to use your words and speak the most powerful words you can say, which is, Jesus, I am a sinner. And I do need your help. Will you forgive me? 
And all of us today could use to speak those same words unto God. And so I'm inviting you to this altar today. I'm inviting you to this altar, all of us. I hope everybody comes, that no one has felt like they're coming alone. Say, Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me. I invite you now. Let's come. Don't be, don't be the last one. Let's all come forward today. You have an opportunity today to use your words because you have an audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Don't miss the opportunity to use your words to call on the Lord God, to ask Him to, re- to forgive you, ask Him to renew you, ask Him to change you, ask Him to heal you. Whatever it is in your life, whatever it is that you need today, use your words. Use your words because God hears words and God will listen and God will work in your life. In the name of Jesus, God, we come to you on this Sunday morning. God, I come to you on this Sunday morning because I need you. Jesus, I come because I need you, Lord. I need you now in my life. So God, I ask that you would come in and work in me. Renew me, restore me, shape me into the person you want me to be, God. Change me, make me into the person, God, that you called me to be. God, I ask I just that you would do your work.